You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. It's time for the ESO Dragon Con Report, a podcast dedicated to help newcomers and veterans prepare for the upcoming annual convention in downtown Atlanta. With interviews, advice, and news from the pros and fans alike, be careful, you never know, you might actually learn something. Howdy, everyone, and welcome to the fourth episode of the ESO 2015 Dragon Con Con Report. Dragon Con 2015 is less than, if you're listening to this, by the time you're listening to this, it's less than 125 days away. Oh, bite your tongue, Mike Gordon. Well, you know what? Hey, no. the oh. next episode, it'll Beetle be less than no, no, 100. Shush, shush, shush. So, I command so, you be still. <laughs> there you go. Um, if... For those people who are not familiar, this is your first episode. First of all, howdy. Uh, second of all, uh, we here at the Air Station One do a monthly special counting down to the 2015 show. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Gordon. I, I'm pleased to introduce you to the rest of our station crew. As, as I've mentioned many times, it's never too soon to prepare. And if you think now is too soon, then you've never been to Dragon Con. <laughs> you're already, um, you're you're already six months too late, folks. Come too on. Late. Yeah. Too late. <laughs> and that, of course, is our own director, Mike Faber. Howdy. How are you? I'm Peachy Keen and yourself. Oh, God. I've got so much to do to get ready for this. I'm looking at a list of panels that I have a possibility of being on. I, I'm actually thinking if I could split myself in two. You know, I think that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> chainsaw. And, of course, there's uh, our uh, own Darren Noel joining us back. Hi, everybody. What's going on? It's, it's, it's. So, right now, so early, so the panic is already starting to set in. We've lost uh, uh, two of uh, the ladies for this they're month. They're not lost. They're working on their costumes. <laughs> exactly, because they're they're already stressing out and working on their costumes. <laughs> but uh, hopefully, Mary and Nikki will be uh, ready to join us next time to see about uh, to check on their costumes and uh, more. So, but we've also got. Uh, Kevin Batchelder is here. He's going to uh, talk about uh, the wonderful world of panels, paneling. No, it's not a DIY <laughs> thing. It's a Dragon Con fan thing. Um, also, Mich- convention. <laughs> Michelle Biddick-Simmons is back with some more Drop by Dragon Con tips. Uh, we've got Eternal Zan, who's going to talk about how to keepsake your Dragon Con memories. And in our cosplay corner segment, Bewitched Raven has got some... Some uh, ideas on if you're if the, if you have no idea on what you want to do as far as uh, costuming, um, how do you go about getting good ideas for costuming? So she's going to talk a little bit about that. So um, this Earth Station One special is sponsored by the ESO Amazon eStore, where you can find all sorts of cool geeky merchandise. If you're ordering some swag from Amazon, please help us out by going through our link. It doesn't cost you any more, and it helps us out a lot. If you'd like to leave feedback or comment on the show, please call our ESO feedback line at 404-963-9057. And feel free to email us at esopodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We've also got a Facebook group. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Mike, we're on all sorts of things. So if people want to reach out to us, they can do so, correct? Oh, yeah, but there are shots for it, so it's okay. 
<laughs> no excuses. If you want to reach out to us, we're here for you. So let's get started with some news and notes. I, I hate to start on a down note, but I guess it's good to just get this over with. Uh, Dragon Con lost uh, a couple of uh, dear, dear, dear uh, person personnels that are uh, familiar. Anybody familiar with Dragon Con over the last few years will recognize these names. Uh, Gus Furlong, a.k.a. Friendly Gus, was the director of registration for 15 years. Wow. Uh, he passed away uh, earlier this month also. Um, we also lost Gerald Dockery, uh, better known to folks as T- Tiny, um, in an ironic sense. Uh, but he passed away earlier this month as well. Anybody who's familiar with uh, Dragon Con um, wrestling, uh, he was one of the promoters of that. So, um, and it, it's a shame to that uh, we lost those two individuals. Also, it's I think it's now is a good time to also remind people that the uh, official Dragon Con 2015 charity is uh, the Lymphoma Research Foundation. Um, I just learned this um, actually while I was reading about the event. They had an event, um, a walkathon, uh, earlier this month, um, and DragonCon uh, participated in that. A lot of folks walked uh, what they call their superhero program, uh, participants in that. But uh, one of the reasons why the Lymphoma Research Foundation was selected as the 2015 charity is because Two longtime members of the DragonCon family, Eugene Foster, who was the director of the Daily Dragon, and Mark Brown, co-director of the convention operations, recently died from lymphoma. Oh. And a third member, uh, unnamed, is con- currently battling it. So um, it's a um, charity that's very dear to the hearts of uh, certainly those in the um, powers that be at DragonCon as well as all of us. So. Um, in any case, you can find out more information about uh, the, how you get involved with the charity, how to get involved with other events uh, that are happening prior to DragonCon. Uh, if you want to uh, participate in one of the charity events, you can find out all that information at DragonCon.org. Now, we want to go over some dates, some important dates that are coming up. Uh, this month is full of them. Uh, May 15th is the final day of $110 membership rate. So if you don't want to pay $1 more than $110 to go to DragonCon, uh, at least to get in the door anyway, uh, you have till May 15th to do so. Um, after that, it goes up to 120 and it'll be that until July 17th, and then it'll go up to 130 and that's where it'll stay until, I think, the... Uh, the day of the uh, the event itself. So, uh, 110 membership, uh, 110 membership rates end May 15th. May 16th is a volunteer meeting. So, if you do want to get involved in some ways at DragonCon, whether it's participating in a track specific track, or whether you just want to, in general, uh, help out with the logistics of the actual con itself, May 16th is uh, the volunteer meeting. I believe it's at one of the host hotels. Do they usually have it at the Hyatt? Nobody knows. Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> it actually doesn't say here, but I know it's listed on their website, dragoncon.org. So uh, go to dragoncon.org and find out more information about when the volunteer meeting is. You can actually also go to their fa- uh, Facebook page because they always have information about that as well there. Uh, guests application close on May 31st. And uh, fan table applications are closing June 30th, but they did make an announcement on their Facebook page that there's uh, just a few concourse tables left for fans and fan organizations. So um, 
uh, I would get your application in now if you're thinking about uh, participating in DragonCon uh, with a fan table or um, uh, trying to get uh, a fa- your fan organization involved. So do that at the, uh, again, dragoncon.org. So that's the most the official news. Um, there has been a slew of guest announcements. Um, we were kind of uh, there was it was dry there for the first couple months that we were doing this uh, podcast. Uh, not to say that the guests themselves that were selected were uh, shabby, but it just seemed that uh, was few and far between. Well, they've made more than made up for that within the past month. So, uh, Mike and Darren, take it away. Oh, are you ready for this one, my friends? This uh, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> you know, if we left anybody that you're looking forward to off the list, please, as we always like to say, go to dragoncon.org and check out the uh, site and find out everybody. Because there was – when I put it into our document for reading this, it was 18 pages. And you know what? I'm not reading 18 pages worth of names, no matter who I like or not like. So I've edited it down, and Darren and I are going to get started. We're starting at the bottom of the page, as always. And I'll go first with Andrea Mast-Kessel. Andrea is an Atlanta-based media and special effects makeup artist and educator. Her work includes traditional and special effects fantasy makeup in theater, stage, television, film, fashion, editorial, commercial, and runway. Some of her credits include NBC TV, Fox TV, the BET Hip Hop Awards, and more. Jenna Black is the author of the Morgan Kingsley series, the Fairy Walker series, and the Guardians of the Night series, among others. She's a full-time author of fantasy, romance, and young adult fiction. She currently writes for Tour Teen and Pocket Books, as well as doing some indie publishing. John Noble's coming to Dragon Con. He's perhaps known best as Walter Bishop in the J.J. Abrams series Fringe. He is also known for roles in Denethor, the Lord, in The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, and The Two Towers. Currently, he stars in Sleepy Hollow. Jonathan Mayberry is a New York Times bestseller and multiple Bram Stoker award-winning author, editor, and comic book writer. Stacy Gordon is an improviser and puppeteer in Phoenix, Arizona, where she's been building puppets, teaching, and performing in a puppetry slam since 2001. She puppeteers on The Bob and Angus Show, a web series for Mayfair Games. Her puppets have been featured in music videos, commercials, and on ABC TV's The View. Rachel Gitlevich is an animator and puppet builder currently at Titmouse, New York, where she's worked on shows like Super Jail, DreamWorks Turbo, Hot Wheels, and China, Illinois. She has also animated for the stop-motion web series Dr. Puppet and made puppets for Maxwell Adams' new show, Dead Meat. Exactly. And this person is actually on the show. <laughs> Kevin Batchelder is on is coming to Dragon Con. Surprise! Yay! All you all you all you newbies He'll will be, so be very happy. Yes. Uh Kevin has been podcasting about genre TV and movies since two thousand five. His podcasts have won four Parsec Awards in Best Fan uh, podcast category, along with speaking on multiple panels of Dragon Con yearly since 2006. He also leads the Dragon Con Newbies Group, which puts on events to help newbies attend. John D. Ringo is an author of science fiction, fantasy, action, and supernatural adventure. Kenneth Height has written over 80 role-playing games, including Trial of Cthulhu, Knights Black Agents, and GURP. P.S. Horror as GURPS. well. GURPS. 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 What is GURPS? GURPS. 
GURPS, GURPS, as well as other notification work, including the Nazi occult and the Tour de Lovecraft. Laurel K. Hamilton has been writing about vampires, zombies, creatures, and other monsters of the night since the early 90s. Her career spans 37 novels and several graphic novels, all of which remind her readers that the dark is both sensual and scary. Ben Lesnick is a community manager and designer on Star Citizen. Chris Roberts' epic return to space sims and has been involved with Star Citizen since the start of the project. Charlie Schlatter is best known as Kick Batowski in Kick Batowski Suburban Daredevil, Robin and the Flash in Lego Batman 2 DC Superheroes, and Lego Batman the Movie, Dr. Mindbender in G.I. Joe Renegades, Dr. Jesse Travis in Diagnosis Murder, and Ferris Bueller in the Ferris Bueller TV show. Oh, I forgot there was a TV show about that. I forgot oh, yeah. completely about that. <laughs> Edward James Olmos is well known for many, many roles, as but mostly known as Admiral William Adama in Battlestar Galactica. So say we all. So say we all. James Callis is a British actor who is best known for playing Dr. Gaius Baltar in the reimagined Battlestar Galactica miniseries and TV series. Jamie Bamber is a Ooh. British actor known mostly widely for his role as Lee Adama on Battlestar Galactica and Detective Sergeant Matt Delvin on ITV series Law & Order UK. <laughs> Robbie Amell can currently be seen as Firestorm on The Flash. Yeah, he, has, he has a certain brother who's going to be there. He does. I, I'm, I'm swooning over here. I don't know about you. <laughs> Mark Wilson was the lead technical designer on Dragon Age Inquisition. Previously, Mark worked as a designer on Rocket Star Games L.A. Noir and has immediately contributed to MUDs for the past 15 years. He's currently developing a new IP at BioWare Edmonton. Cedric Whitaker is the founder of Airship Isabella, a leather and costuming company best known for their work in steampunk. He and his company's leather work have been featured in a number of television and movie shorts, including Oddities and Ether Prologue, which was featured in the 2015 Cannes Film Festival. Jonathan Strickland is a writer, podcaster, and video host of How Stuff Works. Catherine Scully is the young adult editor for the Horror Writers Association and runs the blog Scary Out There with Jonathan Mayberry as seen on CNN. She's a published illustrator with Simon & Schuster and Roots Publications as well as an agented MGYA author with Donidio and Olson. Trina Ray is an astronomer with Cassini-Hughes Mission to Saturn, operated out of the JPL NASA. In her current position, she coordinates the Titan Science Opportunities and is the science planning and sequence team deputy. She's an active public speaker for NASA, invited to give many talks around the nation. Paul Bradford is best known for his role on Ghost Hunters International. The Doublechicks are two sisters with a cello and a guitar who sing about things, all things geek love. The duo is known for their YouTube videos with over 2 million views and for touring game stores and conventions nationwide. Their new album, Dime Trodden, was fun-fanded with $80,000 Kickstarter project. Congratulations, guys. Stephen Lobo is an actor who plays Matthew Kellogg in Continuum. He is perhaps best known for his roles in the Canadian television series Godiva's, Painkiller Jane, Falcon Beach, and Little Mosque on the Prairie. In 2011, he appeared in Mike Clattenburg's film Afghan Luke. Joseph James Karg is a writer and illustrator that's worked on shows like FX's Archer and AMC's Halt and Catch Fire. In 2015, he has published his first graphic novel project, El Grande, 
with Spectrum Illustrator Alayo Guevara. Van Jensen is the author of The Flash and Green Lantern Corps for DC Comics, as well as Pinocchio, Vampire Slayer, and The Leg, and the forthcoming Two Dead from Dark Horse. Oh, this guy's coming? Oh, forget yes, it. Yes, I'm turning in my memory. I know, forget it. I'm canceling my thing. Michael Gordon <laughs> is coming to Dragon Con. Oh, Ooh, I, can, I'm, I'm, I can get in now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, now you don't have to pay that 115 you know? <laughs> Cheap bastard. <laughs> That's why he gets the membership. Michael Gordon is a writer, editor, publisher, and creator of Tiki Zombie comic series. He also co-hosts sometimes the Earth Station One and New legend lounge podcast <gasps> spoilers folks spoilers yeah <laughs> file that under duh um alan bellman became a staff artist at timely during the golden age of comics he did the backgrounds for sid shore's captain america in 1942 and eventually worked on titles such as the human torch all winners comics marvel mystery submariner young allies and more i'm actually looking forward to meeting him actually because yeah, lo- he should be fine he yeah, should be fine definitely Claire- we don't have a lot of those Golden Age guys left, so no. yeah, big opportunity. Exactly. Claire Kramer's coming to Dragon Con. Woo-hoo! Most fans know her for her cult hits, Bring It On, with Elijah Dushku. Mike, you have to stay away from her then. And uh-huh. as, as Glory from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. In 2012, Claire launched the entertainment website and pop culture phenom Geek Nation. Mark Zoran is the creative mind behind the award-winning custom prop and costume house Razorfly Studios. Oh, another friend of the show is coming to Dragon Con. Kelly Yates is coming to Dragon Con. Kelly is an illustrator on Doctor Who, Prisoners of Time, and the Forgotten Comics from IDW Publishing, along with various one-shots and covers. He also writes and illustrates the creator-owned comic Amber Adams and the Monster. Laura Vandervoot is a Canadian actress best known for her roles as Supergirl in the television series Smallville and Sadie Harrison in the television series Instant Star. She most recently starred as Lisa on the ABC series V. Helen Stringer, originally from the UK, she is an award-winning author of middle-grade fantasy novels, Spellbinder and The Midnight Gate, as the sci-fi novel Paradigm. She is currently writing and directing the paranormal sci-fi series The Gloaming. Steve Saffel is a senior acquisitions editor at Titan Books, the world's premier popular culture publisher, acquiring original science fiction, fantasy, epic, heroic, and dark horror, crime fiction, art books, and media tie-ins such as Alien, Planet of the Apes, Batman, Arkham Knight, Mass Effect, and more. Aristotle Christopher... Permogulus You're on your own. is the creator of the Goblin Market community and live events, a multimedia artist in his own right. He is the art director of the Steampunk World's Fair for the past four years. Mark Mir is the voice of Commander Shepard, Blasto, the Vorcha, and more in BioWare's Mass Effect trilogy. Other voice work includes the Baldur's Gate and Dragon Age series, and Hinterland Studios' The Long Dark. Mark is a co-creator, writer, and star of Super Channel's Tiny Plastic Men. Uh, another friend of the show. Yay, Moxie! Moxie Ma- and Magnus is coming to Dragon Con. Yes, that's right. The st- hairstylist of the Enterprise is coming. And she is the, well, excuse me, the chief zemocologist 
on the Xenocosmetologist. Xenocosmetologist. Really? Zeno. Zeno. <laughs> I'll let for you. alien cosmetologist, Zeno. as in Zeno. make you look pretty. <laughs> Zeno. Well, okay. On the USS Enterprise under Captain James T. Kirk. You know, a few buckets of rum, Mike, you'll be able to say that no problem. Oh, she'll probably make me say it a couple times in front a of few, her. A few, a few. Yeah, exactly. She performs live, does a video podcast, and has her own web comic. She's great. She, yeah. Steve awesome. Lund is currently starring as Nick Sorrentino on the hit TV show Bitten, based on the popular book series. He has also starred in Defiance, Lost Girl, and Alphas. He must be Canadian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Kelly Lockhart, newspaper is a newspaper and book editor, musician, actor, screenwriter, founder of Robot Battles, longtime radio and TV guy, amateur chef, and social media junkie. <laughs> Dr. Roy Kilgard is an astrophysicist who researches black holes in nearby galaxies with an emphasis on intermediate mass black holes, an enigmatic class of objects whose origins are unclear. When not studying the heavens, he lectures on astronomy and science fiction and pop culture. John Hudgens is an award-winning filmmaker, animator, and artist who has directed documentaries, several award-winning Star Wars parody films, and worked professionally on such varied licensed properties as Babylon 5, Crimson Skies, Mech Warriors, and Star Wars. Mike Horner is a professional puppeteer and puppet builder. He is currently the associate artistic director with the Messner Puppet Theater in Kansas City. Mike is the creator of Timey Wimey Puppet Show, a Doctor Who-themed puppet parody. Jeff Heimbach is a Disney historian for almost 15 years. He has done presentations about Disney all over the U.S. and a co-host for the popular theme park podcast, Communicore Weekly. He has written two books, Main Street Windows and It's Kind of a Cute Story, with the former Imagineer Raleigh Crump. Michelle Griffin has been pursuing the connection between the spiritual, metaphysical, and paranormal philosophies for more than a decade. She's the founder of Through the Veil Productions and directs the popular annual Atlanta event of the same name. Lally DeRossier is a science teacher and educator blogger. Um, Lally DeRossier, a.k.a. Adverbia, promotes youth involvement in science through student writing, and kitchen science outreach. Together with her co-host in the Curly Hair Mafia, she tackles themes of science and sci-fi and fantasy and horror and film and TV. Science! Science! Science. Gwenda Bond is the author of young adult novels Lois Lane, Fallout, and Girl on a Wire, among others. She's also written for the LA Times, Locus, and Publishers Weekly. Visit her online at www.gwendabond.com. Professor Boggs is coming to Dragon Con. Mm-hmm. Professor Boggs performs songs that actually teach real science on topics from Avagrodo. <laughs> is that how you say it? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I'm just assuming that's wrong. Okay, of course. Of Avagrodo to Kepler to electricity to heat transfer, original songs and ultimate geek music. Oh, Tara lives, people. Amber Benson is a writer, director, and actor. She wrote the Calliope Reaper Jones fantasy series and the middle grade book Among the Ghosts. She co-directed the Slam Dance feature, Drones, and co-wrote and directed the BBC animated series The Ghosts of Albion. She played Tara McClay on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and she is a fabulous lady. I've met her before. Scott Ampleford is a composer, arranger, and synthesis for, from the northeast of England. He is best known for scoring and narrating the Doctor Who fan series Doctor Puppet. His work has appeared on BBC America and in BBC documentary Earth Conquest. 
And that is it. For now. For now. For this month. That that list is going to get longer. Oh, yeah. We still have a lot of big names to come. Uh And it's, yeah. I mean, and that was only a piece of uh, the number of people that, that that's just the highlights of the people that were announced uh, over the past uh, three or four weeks. It's just been uh, amazing. Um, And just, I love listening to the diversity of it. You know, you've got scientists, you've got paranormal philosophers. You've got actors, directors, filmmakers, composers. People whose name I can't pronounce. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's a medical thing for that. You know, and and on a side note, uh, I doubt Gwenda M. Bond is listening, but uh, if she can get the online uh, address of Gwenda the Bond, (laughs) I think that would be awesome. (laughs) Because it sounds very cool. Gwenda Bond the Bomb. I think that would be cool. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, sorry. Speaking of bombing, right? Um, now it's time to party. So, um, and I have no idea on how to do so. But fortunately, I don't Darren believe is that. Here. I don't. Liar. I, I, well, I call you liar, sir. Actually, the truth of the matter is, is and, and I talked to you about this, because the, the truth of the matter is, is that um, uh, uh, my primary purpose uh, for always going to Dragon Con has never been about the the night scene, the party scene. In fact, for uh, quite a number of years, I I, I drove in and out uh, every day. So I stayed at home, went during the day, and then came home at night. So you can imagine like how much I missed for yeah. the first like oh, yeah. decade <laughs> that I was going to Dragon Con. And and this is not to suggest that Dragon Con is all about the parties, but it is a huge. Uh, attraction to a large number of people that attend mm-hmm. um, and in some in some cases it's the only reason they attend and <laughs> it's not just I mean whether it's the official parties or the unofficial parties or just hanging out by the, the Pulse Bar um, obviously uh, Dragon Con the party scene has become uh, the thing well yeah I mean it's become one of the big aspects of, of the, the convention itself whether you it's, whether it, you it Whether really you go to a, a party or not, you're kind of at the party if you're at Dragon Con. Uh, absolutely. But, help it. <laughs> but it's not – so it, it, it makes it not so much – I mean in addition to being one of the best conventions of the year, it's also like a geek spring break. Oh, totally. It, it's um, Nerdy Gras I think has been the term absolutely. that's been coined everywhere. Yep. And it really is that way. It's It's not – you know. It, we have our own parade for crying out loud. I mean, it's practically, <laughs> you know, it's practically nerdy gras. And I have seen people throw beads, so it's pretty I, awesome. I have too. <laughs> <laughs> and and Klingons and Ewoks. And anyway, um, so I've, I'm going by the Daily Dragon from last year. Of course, everything is uh, subject to change at the last minute. So going by last year's, you know, events. Um, just hang on. This will just give you um, all an idea of the type of parties that occur, kind of the scheduling of these parties. Um, and I'll, I can give you the party advice after I'm done with that. Um, there's, of course, we start. Yeah, DragonCon doesn't start until Friday. That is a lie. <laughs> oh, Dragon even Con more starts, so now. Yeah, DragonCon starts the at least panels, last year. The panels, the panels now start, start on, on Thursday. Thursday night. But uh, Dragon Con last year, there was an unofficial Wednesday is the new Thursday party. So I'm waiting for Tuesday to be the new Friday party. I don't know. Um, but typically the first thing that happens is everyone arrives at the convention 
Um, and they go to the Pulse Bar at the Marriott to gather and count down the minutes until Dragon Con officially starts. And Would that you was say that's Thursday the heart night of the convention. That that's the I, I think the Pulse Bar is the heart of the convention. That whole that whole top area of the Marriott Marquis, where you can see nothing but hotel rooms above you, is pretty much that's that's a really big hub of the con. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's the main, that's the central nervous system of yeah, Dragon Con. <laughs> it used to be broken out a lot more, but I mean, over the last, I'd say, five years, I mean, that's the oh, center totally. point. Totally. And of course, um, as Kevin's going to talk later um, or in another segment about the newbies stuff, there's a lot of newbie stuff early in the weekend because we want to make sure everyone gets kind of relaxed and gets the lay of the land, knows where everything is, knows where to go to get stuff. Uh, the CVS is your lifeline um, for anything that you forgot at home. Um, please take advantage of that. Uh, it's important that you know where all the hotels are and all that jazz. So if you've never been to Dragon Con, please take advantage of this. This is also your chance, and we've talked about this before, about how geeks don't tend to be a very social group um, normally. Not at Dragon Con. People. <laughs> We are very social because it's like all that introversion just flips and becomes extroversion for the most part. Um, you take a chance and just talk to people because you never know who you're going to meet, and they will wind up most likely being friends for life. Uh, more often than not, at least very good acquaintances that you will see at least once a year, if not you know, fast Facebook friends. So definitely do that. Some of the parties that happened um, last year – um, the Ether Lounge by Dr. Q in the steampunk area of Dragon Con. That's, I'm sure, a lovely evening. Now, that's an official party, right? That is an official party. We'll get, well, I'm just going to hit the highlights of official. Sure. And then we'll, we'll talk about the unofficial stuff. <laughs> in, in whispers. Whispers. ESO after dark, yes. Um, there is always, it seems always, an evening at Bree where the Tolkien track, Middle Earth track, gets together. And I believe that they serve meat in pints there. I'm not sure. I've heard. It's a rumor. We'd have to ask Nikki, I guess, about that. Uh, let's see here. There is going to almost always be um, pinups by the pool on Friday night. And that is hosted by the lovely Tallulah Love, typically. I don't see a reason to change that. No, I do got a note for that one, though. Oh, we do? Yeah, because we made the mistake last year of doing the ESO meet and greet right by the pool. Yeah. And it was frippin' hot as hell. It was very hot there. It was hot and humid. Yeah, the year before, they had kept the ceiling closed. Yeah, but last year they opened it up, and it that was, was a that was, sauna. Yeah, that was a bad mistake. So. I, I'm so glad I wasn't wearing a costume there because it was like <laughs> I need extra deodorant all of a sudden, and I don't like know like looking at the pinups isn't hot enough. Yeah, I know, right? Even for me, those ladies are very classy looking. They looked spectacular last year. Um, there's always going to be something going on in the gamers hall, mostly gaming, but to them that's a party. <laughs> So by all means, if you feel like you know playing some board games or and that's an area that's open clicks, all that's night. open all the time. You can always go down to the gaming area and play a game. Always, 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 always till the end of time or until Dragon Con closes. Let's see here. We have our uh, there. Are, there may be a furry meet and greet for those of you into furries. <sighs> <laughs> and yiffing. I don't know if anyone's into that, but it's coming up wow. on the list. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. That does happen a lot at Dragon Con. There, is that uh, an official thing? That is an official thing. Yes. Wow. It's on the Daily Dragon. Um, the Avengers Ball 
um, typically put on by the Whedonverse track. And I'm sure they will be rocking it because Avengers 2 is coming out very shortly. There will be all kinds of Star Trek stuff all over. There's usually the uh, um, what is it? The uh, it's not the Miss Klingon universe pageant. They don't they don't do that anymore. They don't do that anymore. No, because okay. that's done at Trek Lana. Oh, it moved. Okay. Yeah, when it when well, they'll do when, something yeah, when they broke off. I think they do. They have a Miss Star Trek Miss Dragon Star Con Trek pageant. Yeah, thing, but, but but that's yeah. always been fun. It's always been campy and fun, and uh, you know. Take a drink with you, and you'll have a party yourself. Um, there's the Heroes and Villains Ball that typically goes on. That's part of the um, video game track and the bit and the Brit track. The last party on Alderaan um, is put on by the Star Wars track because you know everyone at Dragon Con seems to be looking for love in Alderaan places. But I'm kidding. Did you read that, or did you say that? No, I said that. Oh, that's, that's an old Star Wars joke. Please, I did not make that up. <laughs> My favorite party of the weekend, the Spectrum Party, uh, is for the LGBTQIA fans out there. Um, please come on by. We have um, an excellent DJ. We usually have some uh, guys who are dressed scantily dancing for your um, amusement. And that is usually in the West End now. It moved from the Sheraton over to the West End, and it's lovely. And it's sponsored by the costuming track. There um, are some stuff for kids, like the Yule Ball, put on by the Young Adult um, track um, that's a Harry Potter themed um, dance like the Yule Ball at Hogwarts. You don't have to be a kid to go, but this is something nice for the kids. It starts a little early, um, around 8.30. So if you're worried about the kids saying too much skin um, at night, you can take them to the Yule Ball and then scoot them out to the parking lot and take them home at that point because that's kind of a fun thing to do. There are um, all kinds of other things to go, but and I'm sure they'll announce more stuff. There's always zombies roaming around. The zombie walk is always amusing, and the parade's always amusing. The night at the aquarium. The, yep, the, the night at the aquarium. They're actually running a contest right now on the uh, Dragon Con the DJ, website right? for the DJ. Yep. And I am Team Spider all the way. Me too, man. Team Spider for the win. Um, and she did not pay me for that. I, that is just my personal view. I love spiders mixes. She is great. And if she gets that gig, I'm so going to the aquarium this year. I've never made it over there before, but I will do it this year for her. Um, there are always raves going on, usually in the Marriott, from about 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Every night. Every night. So when you <laughs> say you don't have anything to do, you do have something to do. You can go to the Marriott and dance with people who don't know you, and it's fabulous, and it's dark, and people will bring their, you know, their glow sticks and their lights, and they'll be like just dancing around. It's fun. It's a good time. It's great. Um, there are some parties that have a more of an adult bent. We should talk about one of them in particular because it's the one that gets the most publicity. It's the ABC party. Anything but clothes. Anything but clothing. Which means you can wear anything to this party as long as it is not originally used as an article of clothing. And if you're not going to this party, this means you will probably see people on the night of that party walking around in cardboard, hefty bags, police caution tape. I've seen stuffed animals used to hide the naughty bits. Um, yeah, it, it, that's the time when you see a lot of, of humanity 
Literally. <laughs> oh, the humanity. Oh, the humanity, and you'll be you'll be trying to claw your eyeballs out after it's all over, but it'll be too late. You the can't mo- unsee what you have seen. One of the most know. scary ones, and I was sitting with William, and when this guy walked by, just wearing a lay, and he wasn't wearing it around his neck. Yeah, I don't. I don't doubt it. Yes. But at least it was it was colorful. Oh, that's an understatement. I told William, look away, look away. (laughs) Look away, away, William, look away. Look away. Don't look back, don't look back. There are always kinds of parties going on. He's scarred for life when it comes to Lays now. (laughs) He can't go to Hawaii. He'll be in the field position the entire time. (laughs) So there's always parties going on. There's all kinds of room parties going on and private parties going on, as with all things. I always suggest if you meet some people at Dragon Con, they seem cool. By all means, go off with them to a party if you feel safe. Um, if you don't feel safe, um, by all means, take someone with you if you do decide to go. And if you don't want to go, by all means, make yourself scarce. If, you, if, if you're getting a, a weird vibe off somebody, just say, oh, you know, thank you. I've got to go meet some friends somewhere in about half an hour. Um, and, that's, that's enough time to give you time to get away, and it sounds a little legit. And uh, and on that note, real quick, um, I was talking to someone the other day about something, a, a situation that was similar. And uh, look, um, if you don't feel comfortable or there's something, you, you know, something screaming at you like this is not kosher, then listen to that. Yeah, totally. Listen to your intuition on that because better to be safe than sorry. Agreed. And I, I think that's one of the strongest things you can do, especially if you're like get if you don't have a person at the con that you know very well. Uh, that you're hanging out with, and you don't have a con buddy. People typically don't try to do stuff if you are with a group. You know, it's usually a, a one-on-one thing. And this is not to say that everyone at Dragon Con is trying to do something to someone. That that's that is it is a far shade of a minority. But you do want to make sure that you take precautions, like you would if you were going to any other nightclub in any other town. You want to make sure that you cover your bases. Let someone know where you are. Let someone know where you're going. Let them know when you'll be back. Estimates are good. You know, if you're going to imbibe, and we've said this before on this show, because imbibing is a big part of the partying crowd at Dragon Con, make sure for every drink you take, you take in an equal amount of water. Not soda, but water. Um, you want to have a happy buzz if you if you do imbibe. But you don't want to be so inebriated that you cannot function or make a good judgment call. And there are too many people that don't. That That's very true. The, the first time we actually met to, to podcast together at DragonCon, we were meeting and this girl just walked over and had to go into this plant because it was the closest thing to her. She had had way too much to drink. Oh, yeah. And she yeah. she literally came out of, I think it was the American uh, sci-fi room, and she was had been drinking or something. And Darren and I were, like, setting up. We were for, just talking. We were just talking, setting up for the podcast recording. She might not have been drinking. It might have just been that Hulk cologne. Yeah, it could have been. been. But I think I think it was the drink. I think it was the drink. Yeah. Poor girl. I mean, I, I felt sorry for her. I was like, ooh, oh, that's, mm. I mean, I don't want to throw up. Personally, it's just not a goal of mine, you know. <laughs> but throwing up in public is even worse. I, I think I, you know, that's just me. Um, just you know, take care of yourself. Do do a good job. If you don't imbibe and you've actually um, are in recovery um, AA for that, there are parties. Uh, you'll see gatherings for friends of Bill W, which is the code for an Alcoholics Anonymous party um, or gathering. So if you feel the urge at DragonCon, which is very easy to feel the urge because everyone else is drinking around you, 
seek out those folks. Those are your people, and they will help keep you strong and keep you away from the thing that makes you do bad things. Um, I think that's a very good thing that Dragon Con has added over the years um, to help folks who are like, you know, no, I don't need a drink. And then they find out that they wake up Monday morning and don't know what they've done or where they are. Um, that being said, the parties are the best thing ever about Dragon Con. <laughs> and the, there's all kinds of music. There's typically, you know, God bless the Crux Shadows. They will always be playing their music in the bottom of the Marriott the entire time. Yep. Dragon Con is open. Um, so if you if you feel the need for some gothic tunes, just go down to the bottom of the Marriott and dance around a little bit with the with the Crookshot of Fairies, and you'll be fine. You'll get that buzz out of your system. Um, Emerald Rose is going to be there. They play some great, like, Middle-Earthy style pub sing, Ren Fair kind of stuff, I guess. Uh, Voltaire will be there. His shows are always excellent. I think if you're looking for a party, you can find one very easily. You just need to schedule that time in and make sure you try to follow the rules, which are (laughs) six hours of sleep a day. If you can at least two good meals a day and one shower with deodorant afterwards, please. Oh, deodorant is mandatory. Come on. I actually carry deodorant around with me. If I'm not in a costume where I don't have any pockets or anything, because I reapply during the day. And I know we keep talking about that. It's not because I stink. It's because you're around 70,000 people and that much body heat. You're going to, you're going to sweat more than you typically would unless you're running a marathon. Not kidding. You will, you will take off weight at Dragon Con just from standing in the dealer's room and trudging along because you're just surrounded by all this 98.6 degree heat from every side of you. So. Do take care of yourself, party responsibly, take care of everything you need to do, you know, hygiene-wise, health-wise, etc., and you're going to have an excellent time and go meet some people. It'll be fun. I promise. I used to hear that uh, – and this is back in the day. I don't think it's valid anymore, but I used to hear that the the Klingon parties were some of the wildest ones uh, <laughs> that uh, were around at least the first decade of of Dragon Con. Obviously that that group has diminished uh mm-hmm. in in multiple ways, so I doubt that's the case and but of course they had a reputation to uphold as well. I mean they were the Klingons of course. Mm-hmm. Um but I I will say that one of one of the only room parties that I've ever been to uh was a in fact a Klingon party and it was pretty dead. <laughs> so, yeah. Um sometimes uh you know, the um, reputation is a lot more hype than the reality. Mm-hmm. And you can also go on to the Dragon Con site. As, as time gets closer, people will start to put out feelers about certain parties and certain theme parties. And most of the parties will have their own, you know, Facebook page or some kind of way to, to contact and stay in, you know, the loop about it. I know that the Spectrum Party has that page. If you need to know about that, find me on Facebook, Darren Noel. I should be fairly easy to find. I am out there on Facebook all the time. Uh, find me. I'll add you to the group or get someone who can add you to that group. And you'll know all about the party plans for that um, party as soon as we have them. Um, most parties don't know exactly where they're going to be in the schedule until the schedule is announced. And that won't come out until about a week prior to con, maybe. <laughs> and then you have to look at the Daily Dragon every day because things will change. That, that is a guarantee. Things will always change. 
but the cool thing about Dragon, about the parties, is you can go to the Pulse Bar and have a party. And the last night of Dragon Con last year, we all gathered at the Pulse Bar, those of us who were still alive, <laughs> on Monday night. And we started karaokeing um, um, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, I think. That's awesome. And, and uh, the Journey song, Don't Stop Believing." <laughs> and you know it, that was the end of Dragon Con for me last year. Was that you know that fanboy feeling of oh this is so cool I'm with my peeps that's so wonderful and we're family and we're about to break up again but we'll come back together next year and it, it's it's a nice way to end the entire weekend. Dragon Con is a marathon, not a sprint, Padawans. And if you've never been before, you need to plan accordingly. I, I just I actually take it easy. I actually think it's both. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> some days it feels like it's both. Maybe it's a triathlon at this point. I don't know. All, I think all it's I know one of those. What are those? Uh, those str- those tough man competitions or whatever. Not the those, Iron Man competition. Yeah, right? it's brutal. Yeah, you you can't you cannot go into this full throttle and expect to stay full throttle through Monday night. It's just not going to happen. You have to have a little downtime, even if you're um, one of those folks who loves all the geek stuff, but you can't, you need to get away from a crowd for a little bit. Maybe we need to do a spot on where there are some less crowded places near and at dragon con besides your hotel room. So you can just get that, you know, a breather from people. Um, so there are ways of doing all this without overstressing. Don't stress. It's a fun time. Please don't stress. Stress <laughs> just is going to ruin your day. Don't, don't stress during the show. That's what, that's what the next don't. four months are for. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. That cosplay will never be done, Darren. No, I'm talking to myself. So well, awesome! Thank you so much, sir. That yeah, was uh, fun. very good. Uh, very good information there, and uh, I think yeah. I mean, certainly, it's something I probably could have used uh, two decades ago. Um, well, now, unfortunately, if it happens at Dragon Con, it doesn't stay at Dragon Con. It's on social media. Absolutely. And the worst thing you can see the next morning is so-and-so has tagged you in a photo. <laughs> You're like, oh, God, what is this one? Oh, yeah. Oh. Just remember, you know, behave accordingly. <laughs> Just remember, we also have podcasts where Darren doesn't remember what he said. So it's okay. I have no idea what I've said. It's true. <laughs> it's true. I have to listen to them again. <laughs> well, very cool. Well, on the uh, sort of related to that, uh, we're now going to talk to Michelle Biddick Simmons, who's going to tell us a little bit about preparing for the big parties, the big weekend, and and how uh, to uh, treat your body and your mind so that uh, you can enjoy uh, the weekend to its fullest. And now joining us back on the station is Michelle Biddick Simmons from the Drop by Dragon Con group with another tip for us. Michelle, welcome back. Hello. Howdy. So, um, yeah, we're getting down to, it just feels like we're getting down to the wire now. It's getting close. We're right at four months. And, uh, yeah, in fact, that's my subject tonight because, um, I was going to cover two things. I'm going to see how fast I can get through this one so I can just start on the other one. But I see all these people on drop by and I've spoken with friends and they're starting to say things like they're going on a severe diet or they're going uh, to severely limit what they're eating. And a few of them have even said they're basically only eating, you know, like like fruit and water and a few other things and to get into, you know, the Dragon Con shape. And 
that scares the hell out of me. That's the worst thing you can do to try to get into shape because the minute you do that, one, your body starts freaking out and thinking you're in starvation mode. You end up, you can potentially, A, not lose weight. B, you can gain weight because your body is created to survive. And if it thinks it really is in a situation where you're not going to have food, it will do anything it can to retain as many calories as possible including start breaking down your own body. And the first thing it tends to go after is the muscle that you've stored, which is really, you know, if you're trying to get in shape for Dragon Con and you're starving yourself and you're actually breaking down your own muscle, which people don't realize how quickly it starts to happen, but it can start very quickly. And you still look like you haven't lost any weight, but you're eating yourself. And that's the only way to put it. And a big problem with that that scares me a lot is your heart is a muscle and your body does not discriminate. It does not say, oh, well, just take this thigh and leave your heart alone, you know. It it can really mess you up. And you end up getting into this weird deficit of um, you start not getting enough calcium. Your body can start breaking down bones, particularly in females this will happen. And your stomach starts making more gastric pits to release the acid, I know it's gross, but the acid in your stomach to break food down to actually get calcium more accessible so that when it hits the certain area in the intestines where it's reabsorbed, um, what happens is your body has these little areas that um, absorb or, or click with the calcium to absorb it. Well, you have the ability to make more of these little areas. So basically, you're putting these minute pinpricks in your intestines, and they don't go away once you actually do have calcium again. It ends up causing kidney problem. It ends up causing liver problem going on these crash diets, and, and especially when you're doing all this exercise on top of it. So I'm trying to – my big thing with this is please don't – four months before Dragon Con suddenly think you're going to push and, and really change yourself that way. Try to think of it as a year-long thing or – don't think of it as just for Dragon Con. Think of it for you want to be this way year-round where you're healthy and you don't have to do this massive crunch four months ahead of time. Right. Um, the, yeah. I think, I think the, yeah, the, 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 the statement there is that it's good to have and use Dragon Con as a goal. Yes. But that it's not worth your life. Like, um, you know, ju- you don't want to um, damage yourself. Right. Just, just to meet this one goal because guess what we plan on having you around long after dragon con and and, and you and you need to be you know you need to be in a situation where you can if look because once you do something like that then you revert right back to your old habits yes, yes. and and that you end up doing more damage even more damage then well a lot of times it's when you revert back it's even worse than you were before absolutely your body tries to add more fat or it tries to do more that it thinks you're going to need because obviously you're going into starvation potential again. But the other thing is if you're in such a bad shape and you get to Dragon Con, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're in the cesspool of germs. It's like a college. It's, and you're, you're staying up, you're drinking, you're not getting enough water or food in, and you're having a great time with friends, and all of a sudden you feel crappy. And how many times have we had – ambulances show up because someone is drinking so much and they're not eating or they've been you know partying hardy all day having a great time or suddenly they just don't feel well it's it's not about 
just for this one occasion. Yes, as you said, Mike, that um, make Dragon Con, you know, a goal, but make your life where it's not where you're on or off. Make your life where you are healthy or trying to work towards something in a health way, way uh, all the time. Because it's not, you know, we see right after Dragon Con what happens. You start seeing people who are eating horribly. We start going into Christmas and stuff not long after Dragon Con. Oh, we have right. all that stuff. And we end up having this whole thing where you gain so much weight. And I have so many friends that get so sick after Dragon Con or at Dragon Con. And I know this is part of why, because they'll crash diet for, usually it's two months ahead of time and they want to lose 50 pounds. But, and I've, I've heard that before and I'm like, oh yeah, that'll, that'll work. Or one of my friends is like, she lost hair. Well, yeah, because you're under a thousand calories. And, and if you, you guys will know now, if you say a thousand two hundred to me, I start panicking. I will get you to validate what you're eating and explain to me everything because your basal metabolic needs a thousand two hundred, you can lay in bed all day and burn more calories than that. Your body has to have, it is always in the calories out the exercise. Even if you have other issues going on, I have other issues going on, and and I know this. And I finally had to say, you know what? I'm cutting all sugar out because I react to sugar. I'm I'm having fruit. I'm having unprocessed stuff like that, and and and. People, this is, I've been like really hush-hush about this until today. I've lost 20 pounds in three weeks, and I know it's weight. It's not fluid, it's weight. And I could see over this weekend, you know, we had pizza the one night. I had uh, the equivalent of three pieces. I cut the crust off. I ate very slowly, and I had two little things of hummus, but I was so hungry and I needed it because that was a long day at Marble City Comic Con. But I still lost seven pounds over the weekend, and it's because I've been pumping up my water I've been really paying attention to when I'm hungry, I eat, and I eat well, and I'm getting lots of protein, lots of good carbs, but I have not had any empty calories at all, and my body's happier, my brain is happier, and you know, I may not lose all the weight I want to lose before Dragon Con, but this I can live with, and <laughs> I'm not going to get sick at Dragon Con, I refuse. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's and if you're talking about, you know, uh, you know, not not very often do you hear people say, "Oh, it was a con weekend and I actually lost weight." So good for you! Congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> and I actually do lose weight at Dragon Con because Paul um, makes sure that I eat. <laughs> my husband goes behind me and like gets me to eat because he knows my blood sugar is going to drop and I'll be sitting there rocking and crying and I won't be able to have a really good time. So I eat more at Dragon Con and a lot of times. People will say this, and, and I'm the perfect example of this. If you don't hit your calories, you don't lose weight. And the minute that I start hitting my calories, I lose weight because my body is like, oh, we're fine. Everything's chill. Everything's cool. We're not in starvation mode. We can drop weight now. We're healthy. Um, and, and I'm going to start very quickly because I know we don't have much time. Um, the other thing is that I really want to hit on, and I had a really rough time with this the entire weekend, is sleep. We're at the point where you need to be making sure you're getting your sleep now because at Dragon Con, you know you're not going to be sleeping or you'll be napping every time you sit down. But people always think that, you know, you see the commercial for cortisol for the stress hormone that makes you add the belly fat and keeps you from losing weight, etc. Well, a big part of cortisol is 
lack of sleep. Because when you sleep, when you get good deep REM sleep, that's the only time, the only time that very specific growth hormones that actually allow your body the proper trigger for how your cells get replicated properly, that's the only time you can get it. So if you're not getting really good sleep, really good deep sleep, guess what happens? You don't release those hormones. You're not doing the cell replication at the proper time. Sometimes you're getting improperly replicated cells, which is not good. And the cortisol actually gets released then because it's not getting the trigger that your body's relaxed and happy. It's getting a trigger that your body's freaking out and panicking. Something's wrong. And that's part of the, you know, you get to, I think it's three or four days we now know, and you can have a psychotic break if you don't have sleep. Well, that is because your body starts basically tearing itself down, breaking down, because it's not getting what it needs. So you need to figure out the best way to get really good sleep. And for me, um, I did a ton of research on this, and part of what's been going on with me is stress during the day, but it's also... I've thrown my rituals off. You really need to get off the computer as we sit here close to, you know. Um, you really need to get off the computer about anywhere from half an hour to an hour before you go to sleep. Dim your lights. Turn your TV off. Don't have electronic lights in your face because we now know that even your Skype, uh, even your cell phone has a specific type of light that makes your brain turn on. And it actually blocks you from getting sleep. Um, it doesn't let you relax because at night you start turning off. So if you have to do a ritual of having a little bit of warm milk, of having this, this is one that I love. Cherry actually has um, natural melatonin. So get some tart cherry juice that's unsweetened and add it to seltzer and have that for like the hour before you go to bed. Sip on that. Um, sleepy time tea, anything like that, create a ritual, a hot bath, but try to start getting between seven to eight hours of deep sleep every single night. Try to just set a time and do it, and you will actually see a difference. Um, and something else to try, and this is something that actually works for me, is I do this uh, product called, I think it's Calm, and it's magnesium, which you don't ever want to take a lot of magnesium on its own because it's a laxative also, but magnesium allows you to rest. It actually lets your body rest. And the one I get is the magnesium with calcium. And I think it also has zinc and D3. Because that mixture right there literally is like something that lets your blood pressure lower. It helps support your body. And it actually lowers your body rhythms and allows you to sleep properly. So it's something to start really getting into. Plus, it's stuff you need. Excellent points. Very excellent. Um, and that's something, you know, I guess we can start training for almost immediately. You know, it is. And and here's the thing. If you do it now, even if you miss some sleep at DragonCon, because you know we will, you're <laughs> still, yeah, you know, you're still better off because on the other side, all you do is start getting back into your ritual and four to five days or so of being out of sync is not going to mess with you because you've had four months of ritual. And, and it sounds, I know, ritual, ritual, but um, it does sound like something from Star Trek, doesn't it? But um, <laughs> it does, you know? But um, it just getting yourself into your own patterns. If you need to do a little bit of yoga, if you need to stretch, if you need to do, like, 
turn off all your lights for an hour before you go to bed and just have a few candles going. Romance, that's a bonus. But um, that will actually set your mind into the state. And, and it is. Your brain is the biggest part of why you don't sleep. But just also remember, blow out the candles before yeah. you fall asleep. <laughs> don't pass out with the candles. Put them in a globe. Put them in something safe. Absolutely. You don't blame ESO for burning down your house. You know? <laughs> ESO is not responsible for burning down your house. Uh, exactly. Exactly. But it'll help. And it does. It actually, Paul and I had, we have to start doing this again, but we would turn off the lights twice a week for like an hour in the evening because A, we're environmentalists and that actually does make a difference. And B, just to have two nights a week where I was guaranteed sleep. And that helps a lot because this weekend I think I had one night I had three hours of sleep and then one night I had five, but it was three and then I was awake and then asleep again. And let me tell you, the Fitbit thing, this Fitbit that I just got, I just got a Fitbit for everybody out there. Um, I gave into the Fitbit revolution and I gave in and got the surge. To be able to watch my sleep patterns has helped me so much. Yeah, and we do not get any money from Fitbit either. No, no and I'm very sorry you don't. You should. That's uh, that's actually not a bad topic for maybe our next one because uh, there's a lot of monitoring devices out there. Um, very cool. Well, uh, for those people who have uh, questions, concerns, other issues, or just want to say howdy, um, how can they reach you? On Drop by Dragon Con on Facebook. Um, yeah. we, we also have a page. That's right. Absolutely. And, uh, of course, there will be links to it on our show notes as well. And you can um, always uh, listen to you next month because uh, you've been here monthly. And we've been uh, very, very honored to have you with us. Thank you so much. I'm honored that you guys asked me. And if anybody has anything they specifically want to have answered or talk about, please let me know. Thanks. And we're done. Okay, thank you. And now joining us once again is Kevin Batchelder. Uh, and uh, Kevin, I know that um, I know that you uh, deal primarily with uh, the newbie groups, uh, as well as you know basically everybody else at DragonCon as well. But I know that your specialty is the newbies, at least as far as uh, what you've been reporting on. And I got an I, I know that um, one of my first experiences at DragonCon, going to panels, and then wondering how to get on them um because it's it it it's one of two things one you're kind of like wow that must be kind of cool to be a panelist and b sometimes you're on panels where you're like man i could i could you know i know more about the subject than this guy so um there's sort of a double-edged sword there but there's not really a mystery to it but for those not in the know um there is sort of a, a structure in place yeah, and it's something, uh, like you said, Mike, while, while not specifically a newbie topic, we do get some folks who are new to the con who are like, well, if I want to get involved, how do I? Is there a certain way to do it? And uh, as you said, uh, those of us who have been going for years kind of have a feel for it, but it, it is something that, that without any background, you got to kind of learn the lay of the land a little bit on on that. And, uh, you know, we don't want to shy any folks that are new away from, you know, getting involved like many of us did early on. So we figured it's, you know, it's a good thing to flesh out a bit. So apart from ask Joe, what, <laughs> what, what, what do you think are the, uh, steps into, you know, becoming a panelist? Certainly there's, um, I would think that you'd want to do a, a like a little self check first, uh, to make sure that, you know, you should be on a panel. 
Yeah, I mean, and the real quick recap for those who are, are really new, uh, you're talking about DragonCon having over 40 some odd programming tracks, you know, alternate history, Star Wars, fantasy literature, Whedonverse, figure them all in. Uh, if you go to the website, you know, naturally at dragoncon.org, you'll see a what to do uh, menu there. Click on that, and then you'll see one for fan tracks. And you can see all the different tracks there, and they're each going to do programming over the course of the weekend. The tracks are kind of like their own little islands in this paradise of DragonCon. Well, you and could that, even say they're mini-cons in on themselves. They really are. And they're also one of the great things, and it, it can be a double-edged sword, but one of the great things in my mind about Con is that each track director who's running one of these tracks kind of does things their own way. So it's not like there's a certain link we can tell folks to go if you're interested in being a panelist and there's a certain form to fill out that covers all the tracks. Each track director does it a little different. Some are very structured in how they look to get panels. Some are very loose and kind of go with the flow. Some have a form to fill out. Some do moderated panels. Some don't. Uh, and as you said a little earlier, Mike, sometimes you're going to attend a panel and think, oh, these people, these were great. I got a lot of great info. And other times you're going to go, gee, I could have you know, covered more than half of what went on there. So that's the great thing with a fan-run convention is if you are someone who's interested in maybe talking on a topic – we want to see you get involved. I mean, it's what makes all of us a lot more engaged. Yeah, at some conventions, I you know, we've been to many, um, and we've been to conventions where panels are either a reserved for Q and A sessions with celebrity guests, or b an afterthought, um, just sort of uh, some programming that they they have, which you know, a few people attend. Um, but um, I would say. You know, it's a, it's a tie at this point, but uh, along with the costuming and cosplay at Dragon Con, I think the panels are are just as much of a star of the convention um, because they are, for the most part, uh, I would say maybe seventy five percent of them are fan oriented. Um, they do have their you know celebrity guest panels, obviously, but um, a lot of them. A lot of the tracks are just uh, folks who are fans or passion, uh, passionate about uh, certain things uh, wanting to talk about them and share with the group. Yeah, absolutely. And for many of us, certainly myself, uh, when I go to con, while I love to see you know some celebrities, by this point in time, I'm spending 80% of my time at panels that are just fans. Um, and you know, I uh, love to be involved, you know, much like uh, certainly both of you guys here. And other podcasters, we love talking about topics, so I'll, I'll usually end up being a speaker on, I don't know, 8 to 12 a year, but that's after doing it for several years. I don't think the newbies should try to jump in too much. I mean, that's one of the things, if you are brand new to con, I'm sure you're probably excited and you think maybe you're big into Star Wars or whatever and you're going to maybe speak on a couple of panels. Well, I realize you probably want to take it easy the first year or two, but if you are very motivated, you know, that's where you might want to reach out and and see if they're doing a topic that you want to get uh, involved in. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's important to scope out the lay of the land. Um, yeah. Obviously, if you come in at any scenario and act like you're, you know, uh, uh, the 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 top dog, uh, or you deserve a place at the table, it, it's gonna it it has the tendency to ruffle a few fe- feathers. But um, going in um, and, and actually finding your expertise or your passion uh, represented at Dragon Con and, and finding out as much as you can about the track. Um, even prior to the convention, uh, all the tracks have um, listings of 
uh, Facebook groups, um, other websites, and other ways to contact them and, and find out how to get involved with those tracks. And a lot of track directors, even now, are looking for programming ideas. So if you've got something that uh, you think it deserves some attention, uh, it's, it, you can reach out right now to them. Yeah, and that's that was going to be my number one suggestion when folks uh, have certainly asked in our newbies group on Facebook, you know, well, what do I do first? Uh, the thing I tell them is just what you said. Look up on social media. Um, do a search on that, you know, DragonCon, that track name. Uh, see if they've got a Facebook page or maybe a Facebook group or a Twitter account. Or like you said, some of them even have, you know, a little more traditional forums. Become a part of the community and just kind of, you know, uh, lurk for a little bit, kind of get a lay of the land, see what kind of things are discussed there. And if you're part of the community, you'll start to find out how they uh, might eventually be looking to recruit either ideas for panels, like you said, some track directors that we commonly know are already doing that. Or eventually, when the time comes, they'll they'll put out a call to say, hey, I'm looking for panelists and and let me know, being the track director is the one that uh, might do that. So, you know, that's the way not to be the bull in the china shop, just come in, join the group, uh, send an email saying I'm an expert on XYZ, put me on uh, your panels. You know, if you see what they're doing, you can kind of find out maybe how they approach it. Because again, it's uh, it's a case of where each track uh, has a different personality and a different style. And, and you want to have an idea what it's like before maybe you're going to be a panelist in that track. Because as we said, uh, you know, some of these folks do very moderated panels. The track director moderates it, asks the questions. So as a panelist, you kind of just sit back and go with the questions thrown at you. Other tracks, there's still only two or three panelists, and they expect you to almost carry the event for, for uh, you know, 60 minutes. So that's a different knowledge base you might bring to it. So better to get an idea early than get a surprise later. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, did you um, do panels uh, your first year at DragonCon? My very first year, I did zero panels. Yeah, uh, me too. You know, I mean, I actually, went, it was years before I, I did any panels. Yeah, you had, to, thought, you had to get involved with the podcast, actually, for you I, to start. I actually did. And, and part of the reason was, uh, you know, I was an attendee, and I just thought that, you know, being on one side of the table was, was my lot in life, so to speak. But the other part of it is that um, I was really uh, not comfortable speaking in groups. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, um, I, I didn't even know if I really wanted to do panels. Uh, I thought it might be kind of cool. And, uh, the nice, the good ones that I saw, I admired the folks that were on there. Uh, but I didn't really uh, seek out to, uh, do that. Although I, I hope that one day, you know, it would happen. Yeah. And, that's why and boy, now it's like, you know, yeah, I mean, you, can't, actually, you can't keep the guy away now. <laughs> well, now it's like, I mean, I actually two years ago, I actually was so overwhelmed with, with panels that uh, I had to lessen it a little bit the year after. So, yeah, be careful what you wish for, folks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, big time. And I was like one of those people. I had gone to Dragon Con for like two or three years at the point, And then it just started, you know, like listening to some of these people and like, I can do better than these guys. That's also how I started podcasting too, though. And, you know, I knew, you know, just as much as these guys did. And, you know, I talked, started talking to the people and they said, Hey, you should be on one of the panels. And that's just the way it started. I remember the very first one I was on was actually Star Trek versus Doctor Who. And I actually happened to be on a panel with Peter David of all people. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you didn't get to talk much. No, I had like two <laughs> words in. <laughs> 
So for your first time, that wasn't too bad. <laughs> oh, no, I was quite comfortable. I was intimidated because it was Peter David, who sure. I'd been reading since I was a kid and such, you know, his Hulk and his books and his Star Trek, you know, all the different things he did. So it was just like, wow. But, you know, he he actually came up to me after. He says, he says you've done this before, haven't you? It's like, you're really good. And I was like, no, this is my first panel. He was like shocked. So that actually helped me with my, you know, keeping on with it. It's uh, also the beauty of Dragon Con as well, where, I mean, yes, they do have their big celebrity panels, which, you know, a huge line to get in to see, you know, the cast of Arrow or whatever. But there's a lot of uh, panels that have that feature a lot of celebrity guests as well, uh, intermixed with the fans uh, so that uh, you get a lot of different perspectives on one panel. Yeah, and that's why I say they're 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 all a little different. So I, I would just say if you are fairly new, you might want to start simple. If you really think you're knowledgeable and are comfortable uh, at, at at a table at the front of the room, uh, some tracks again have maybe three or four panelists. Some like to have five or six. Uh, and if it's moderated and someone's asking questions, like you said, you might only get in a few words. If it's a smaller amount of people and it's a little more free form, you might be talking a good amount. But, you know, and some track directors, they line up the topics and the panelists, you know, two months ahead of con. Other track directors don't even post their schedule until two days before. So you got to be flexible on when you need to be there. Sometimes they have the panelists exchange ideas weeks ahead of con. And sometimes you don't know until you get there that day and shake a hand and just start talking. So it, it, you do need to be comfortable being flexible. Uh, and, and as we said, the idea is to interact with your fellow fans, not to dominate a situation. And also, don't be discouraged if you do have an interest, especially early on in your con-going experience. Um, if you expect an interest or you fill out a panelist form and you don't get selected, um, again, keep in mind the track directors, uh, you know, who they pick for panelists reflects on them. And they want to be sure to do good events, too. So. Until they maybe get to know you a little, which is why it's important to be involved in the social media side with them, um, they might have to be a little hesitant until they've met you or or seen you discuss something online, maybe if you have a blog or a podcast, or even if you don't. So Exactly. Again, FaceTime really helps. Yeah. It's you know, so keep an open mind and you'll and you'll just have to kind of wait to see. But yeah, as you guys well know, I mean, once I started doing one or two, I mean these things are it's like a kid in a candy store. I just love <laughs> the interaction and, and I have to uh, like you mentioned, my kind of gauge and go, you know, okay, I can do this many, but that's all I can do because otherwise I'll just literally do nothing but run between hotels and not even get to take a breath. No, last I, last year I think I ended up doing like 14 or 15 of them. And it was just like this year, no way. Uh-uh. That's yep. just too much. It is so. overwhelming. And uh, I, I think um, – for for me, uh, my outlook on it um, with the panels is to me there's – I mean to simplify things, I think there's two types of panels. There's the panels where people go to find out about information like uh, – or about a celebrity or about a certain thing. So that person is or that team is going to be you know pretty much explaining – uh, it's almost like a, uh, not a lecture that sounds really dry, but, um, uh, an, a tutorial, if you will, or just, you know, a get to know you kind of thing. Um, so that it, it's, it can be interactive. There's usually Q and A, but it's basically we're here to listen and see this person, um, or you know, this, uh, t- talk about this thing. Um, and then there's the ones that are just, um, fan, um, 
uh, run where, you know, the people up there, they may be behind the table and they are behind a podium, but they're interested in sharing experiences with everybody in the crowd as well. Very interactive between the crowd. Um, I think, uh, and if I may just spotlight, um, uh, the American sci-fi classics track. I mean, that's, that's one that really almost uh, all the panels there are primarily just um, uh, fans interacting with fans rather than than somebody going to hear people like, you know, like talk about their experiences on set or any of, of that nature. Yeah, it's it's a wide variety. And that's where being aware of what's going on, let's say, in that discussion, Facebook group or Facebook page for that track. As they start to talk about some of the panel ideas, you might see something that you know you're a fit for or uh, you have some background on. And, and that's when you can offer up to be uh, a part of it. So, yeah, it, and it a is, lot of times when you go to those, you know, when you go to panels, uh, the more panels you go to, I think, especially in a given track and the more interactive you are as an audience member, I think that that kind of helps uh let everybody know, uh, including the track directors, that you're interested in particular topics. And I definitely would recommend that people who do attend any panels at Dragon Con use the app and, and uh, other social media to let um, Dragon Con know which panels you really thought were successful and which ones maybe weren't so much. Yep, absolutely. That's the only way they know which ones to do and the track directors learn which topics were popular. Uh, and that people are interested in, in learning more about. So it's it's this is the wonder of, of Dragon Con is the fact that it is so fan intensive and so fan focused. And these fan panels, uh, to me, are the heart of what's going on. No disrespect to cosplay or the celebrities or parties or other great things. This is what a lot of folks really uh, are getting involved and looking forward to every year. So it's if you're interested, it's it's just keep an eye, but. The the thing that I see is just flexibility. Keep an open mind. See which tracks have an interest, and uh, you know where you're going to go. You just never know where it might be. It le- it leads to some great stuff. It really has. I mean, I've made so many great friendships with fellow panelists, or by being upfront at a panel and meeting some audience members who are passionate about it, and eventually contact you or whatever. Uh, it, it's very rewarding. Yeah, st- a little stressful, and for those of us who are never. Good at public speaking, I certainly understand. But that, again, keep in mind you're going to be with a bunch of your friends. It's a it's a different dynamic than when you had to give that speech back in high school. Absolutely, and uh, I quickly realized when because I, I definitely had that um, in the back of my head. I was like, well, you know, here I am on a panel because I love Battlestar Galactica, but I'm no expert. I mean, I can't quote all the titles and all that kind of stuff, but. Um, that said, um, I love it. So I'm going to express my love for it and I'm going to, uh, throw as much out to the audience as I can, because I know they didn't come just to hear me talk about my love for it, but they came to express their love for it as well. And that's really what it's all about. Yeah. And just one last thing kind of from this side, if folks are curious, especially if you're new to con, um, we've, uh, on our tuning it to sci-fi TV podcast that I host, uh, I've recorded probably 10 to 15 of the panels that I've been on in the last couple of years, and we've released them as podcasts. So if you're curious what a fan panel sounds like or what the dynamic or the atmosphere might be, uh, by all means, come by our site. There's some links there to Dragon Con panels or contact 
uh, us here at the podcast or me online or whatever, and we'll send you a link to those. And it, it you know, might make your comfort level go up if you get an idea what it's like. Exactly. We actually have done the same thing with a lot of the panels we've done the last two years at DragonCon also. Yeah, there you go. So that's the best way, folks. If you're not sure what it's like, grab one of those recordings and you'll get a pretty good feel for it. Yeah. And my biggest kick in the butt was last year when I did the Downton Abbey panel. Um, the woman who played Mrs. Patmore surprised everyone and came out was sitting in the, she was uh, sitting in the audience and she came up and she sat in with us for the rest of the show. Wow. And I was just, and that's the one I didn't record, (laughs) (laughs) but you have, you have my other ones up there. And if you like, like we said, you know, write us and we can get you those links and such. Absolutely. It's the best way to get a feel for it, folks. You never know what's going to happen at con. So, so uh, until next time, Kevin, where can people find you online? Uh, well, my primary podcasts, uh, as I mentioned, those panels you can find at our podcast at tuningintosci-fi-tv.com. And if you are new to con and, and want to check out the newbie resources we have, you can go to dragonconnewbies.org. Awesome. Well, as always, it's great to have you on the station with us, and we look forward to talking to you next month. Yeah, it's great. Thanks, guys. Thank you. And now joining us is Eternal Zan, who's got some ideas on how to preserve your Dragon Con memories for, oh, dare I say, eternity, Zan? Yeah, well, that's important, holding on to the <laughs> memories, because you'll make a lot of them at Dragon Con. Absolutely. And and there be, might be somewhere you need some proof because you might not remember what happened at DragonCon. Well, for some people, yes, that's definitely true. I've seen people whirling around at that drum circle and Centennial One and the Hyatt. And the next morning I go up and say hi and they have no idea who I am. <laughs> exactly. I'm like so. it was too, We were talking for an hour last night and they were like, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> so now... I would imagine with the internet, you know, of course, uh, photos are taken of everybody, uh, certainly if in, in costume. Uh, if you're wearing a costume, you've got uh, people are all, all, of all kinds are taking photos of you. So you're probably going to appear on the internet. And, of course, a lot of people are sharing things through social media. And that's, that's great, but that's not really a long-term solution. No, it's not. And I also see a lot of people asking for people to tag them in their photos or they want to go through photos and and tag themselves. And that's great. It might also be helpful to take a couple shots of yourself when you leave the hotel room. So you don't end up with no photos of yourself in your great costume. But um, there's something I've learned about online and I don't work for the company or know anybody who does, but it's called the conquest journal. And charmingly they have the asterisk in between, in between con and quest, which is adorable and they do kind of miss our, miss our asterisk. But their website is just all one word, Conquest Journal, which when you read it all together, it looks kind of like Conquest Journal. Like it's a conquest, which I guess conventions feel like they are at the end. <laughs> they and, certainly do feel like it, yes, at the end. <laughs> yeah, so this company has followed through on something that I think we've probably all kind of been doing on our own or we've thought of. Which is they sell you a binder that has everything you need to document your convention experience as you go along. Which up until this point, I've mainly been doing with the pocket program and a bunch of highlighters and some Sharpies. So I think a lot of people, you just use what you have or you kind of integrate the convention 
experience of life logging or diary keeping, if you're regular with that, you just kind of integrate it into what you're already doing. But if you don't normally um, send out tweets and make Facebook posts very often and maybe you don't want to share everything about your convention experience online and you want to have something that's a little bit more private and permanent, then an offline journal is great. Um, And as a binder, it's got different pages for different things. It's got pages for business cards, pages for autographs, pages for Artist Alley, and everything has the word quest in it. So it'll say autograph quest or panel quest. (laughs) I'm a big panel fan, as you know. Vendor quest, city quest, so you can keep notes about your favorite food uh, places and maybe your hotel experience. So things specific to that city because you could do multiple conventions in the same city here near where I live in Orlando, a couple miles away. I go to the Orange County Convention Center a couple times a year for different conventions. So it's a different convention, but it's the same hotels, it's the same restaurants, all that sort of thing. So I've really been looking into this conquest journal. I did contact them via their Facebook page, which they have, and a blog. So they're very media savvy. They've you can connect with them in multiple different ways. They have a YouTube video, they have an Instagram account, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, all of that. And I asked them if they would be at DragonCon this year. One reason I was particularly intrigued is because it looks like, according to their Facebook page, that they do customize their journals on a per-convention basis. You might be able to buy a limited edition pin or a special cover for your journal. So it isn't just a journal that is going to say Conquest and look identical for every convention that you go to. So I appreciate that, they're, that they work on that customization. So I was looking at that, and I asked on their Facebook page, and they said that they have applied to be a vendor at DragonCon, but they haven't heard back. If there's something you're interested in, they might have a generic journal that you could just order online, because I would imagine there might be such demand for this that they couldn't possibly be a vendor at every convention all the time. Sure. So they, so they probably have one where you can just get one and then do the customizing part yourself. So I was wondering what you guys do to document your each convention you go to. Well, I have I think I I, I don't throw much away, so I have almost every badge that I've ever had at any convention, uh including all 20 some that I have of Dragon Con. I have uh all the uh programs that uh, Dragon Con, the official programs as well as the pocket, uh, the pocket guides for every Dragon Con, and um, that's enough. I mean, that's a it's a it's a storage issue when um, you got over twenty of those. Um, but uh, so that's what I, I like to do for those, for Dragon Con in particular. Um, photos, um, obviously, it's a good idea to keep them. Um, had them on the hard drive and I had a hard drive failure, so I don't have any photos pre, I think 2000, uh, which is, uh, kind of sad. Uh, the first like 10 years or so I was going, I don't, I don't have any records of it really. Um, so obviously something, you know, that, that can help prevent some, that kind of loss is, is welcome in my opinion. For me, it's usually like getting pictures tons and tons of pictures i usually take almost 500 pictures a show so you know 
with me. That's my memories. I, of course, keep the books that we get when we check in. And then also, of course, the badges, like Mike said. I get celebrity autographs, so obviously I've got a book of those. But I don't have them broken out by which convention I went to. Those are only broken out or separated by subject matter. Like I have all my Star Trek ones in the same, in the same binder and all that kind of stuff. But um, uh, but, um, and, but I have experience on the other side of the table. I do know there's quite a few people that like to take the programs and get as many signatures as they can from – uh, guests, attending pros, um, even staff members, they, they kind of like reach out to people who are involved with Dragon Con and just, it's sort of like they look at it as a yearbook almost, uh, which is really kind of cool. I never really thought of it that way until a few years ago when I was asked to sign one. And then I saw like another person ask and another person ask. And I was like, that's really cool. They're, they're treating the program like, like a yearbook. Yeah. I kind of wonder if maybe one day Dragon Con will turn it into that because, I, while I don't want to be charged for the pocket program, I don't. I think Dragon Gun in general does a good job of not making you feel like you're nickel and dime to death like some other conventions. I would be willing to pay for a Dragon Con scrapbook slash yearbook because, as good of a job as the Conquest Journal might be, and they do encourage you to print out a few select folders, uh, a few select pictures, and put them in there. And business cards and all that sort of thing. So they, I think they have a, they do a really good job of hitting all the major collectible points. And maybe that's a good way to put things that you don't already have a system for. Like if you're working on getting a cast photo signed that, and it's probably going to take you many years and many conventions, unless you're lucky enough to get an all cast reunion, then that's probably not going to fit very well in one specific convention folder. You might have a separate binder for something that you collect regularly, like photos or autographs. But there are a lot of other things that I think you do want to tie to the memories of that specific convention. Yeah, because you usually get a lot of like, okay, in addition to the program, the pocket guide, the badge, which is always a work of art, um, you also have uh, now – each one, not that you can, you know, if you're staying at all the hotels, but now each one of the hotels has a has a specifically um, designed uh, piece of art with Dragon Con logo or by an uh, an artist that's at Dragon Con uh, at all the host hotels. So there's what five of those, um, and you walk around. There's postcards. There's business cards. There's leaflets. There's you know. There's all sorts of material that you'll accumulate over the course of the weekend. Yeah, I feel like with Dragon Con, the hotels are such an integral part of the convention, and so much have their own personality that if I got a conquest journal for Dragon Con, I don't imagine it would already come with a page per hotel. But I would just add that in myself. I would take hotel-specific notes because I think learning the layout of Dragon Con, I need notes for that. <laughs> it is kind of tricky. Like, I'm sorry, year to year, I'm not going to remember the name of every single room and what floor it was on. And last year, they na- changed the names of some of the rooms in the Westin, I believe. They just renamed a bunch of rooms. So everybody who had a track there they would kind of give two names for the rooms. And tracks so, a lot of yeah. times will move, you know, depending yeah. on their popularity. They'll move into different, uh, you know, spaces. Yeah, and I have, like, I know where the Marriott Atrium is and the Hyatt Centennial and, and big, big 
rooms that I have attended many panels in are no problem for me. It's the little ones that I've only gone to once or twice <laughs> that I don't remember a year later. Absolutely. So I know we're wrapping up um, and I just wanted to, I don't, there isn't unfortunate, I did want to get into hotel room news if that's okay. Just absolutely. a little bit of that. Nope. Absolutely. Um, unfortunately, there isn't a whole lot of hotel room news at this time. <laughs> there isn't but, a lot of hotel room, period. <laughs> but uh, the Dragon Con Hotel Connection page, which is on Facebook, has a roommate roundup post from April 13th. And usually the Dragon Con Rooms group is the one where people are always posting and saying, here's what I have, here's what I need. And it's unusual for the Dragon Con Hotel Connection page to have something like that. Normally their posts are extremely informative, detailed about each hotel and their recent availabilities. So that gives you an additional place to put a post. Just go add to the April 13th post if there's something you're looking for. And also, I'd like people to help spread the word about these communities to people that they know that might not be able to attend Dragon Con. In the next couple months, unfortunately, some people might learn that they're not able to go this year for one reason or another. And I don't want these communities to just be filled with people looking for a room. That does no good if the people who have rooms to give away are unaware of these communities, especially because a lot of hotels are charging non-refundable deposits now so we want people to be able to know that a lot of times there is an option to transfer a room and the only way you'll get your deposit back is if you transfer it to somebody if you cancel it and you have a non-refundable room deposit that's what non-refundable means you're not going to get your money back so it's really a win-win absolutely absolutely and that's you know i i must say that uh you're right. Cause this time of year, I think a few years ago, I didn't have a hotel, but someone uh, needed to uh, give theirs up for the weekend, and I was able to uh, to acquire that. So there is uh, definitely some possibilities out there. Yeah. So it's it's about rooms and roommates, all those communities. And then just one final thing: I finally took the time and uh, much probably wrist pain I'm going to go with to just type up a huge FAQ at a new website, dragonconeternalmembers.com. So that's everything you would want to know in one place. It's not an, like all the other resources I've talked about today. It's not an official DragonCon resource. It's just a fan website with a lot of the questions that the eternally curious, as I call them, have asked me over the years. So if you're interested in becoming an eternal member that's a great site to visit, and we do have more meetups at the Dragon Con Eternal Members group on Facebook. We've got meetups for Wednesday, Thursday, Monday night, maybe even Tuesday, and we're marching in the parade on Saturday as a group for the first time. Wow. Congratulations on that. It'll be a small group because the Eternal Members aren't very big. <laughs> we're not going to rival the 501st, mind you, but we'll be there. Well, it's not a fight. It's a parade, so... That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks again for joining us this month, and we definitely look forward to having you here back with us next month. Thank you. I do, too. Bye-bye. And now in our cosplay corner, it's time once again to be visited by the lovely and talented Bewitched Raven. Welcome back to the station. Thank you. I feel like I should have, like, trumpets announcing my <laughs> arrival. 
I, th- I think there were some. I we can we can arrange that, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, um, now we've talked uh, about uh, a lot about um, some costuming tips with you, of course, but maybe perhaps the best or first question anybody should ask. I mean, there's so much uh, Dragon Con, especially any costume goes. So there's so many choices. So how how do you narrow down? Uh, what what to cosplay as? That is definitely an important question. (laughs) (laughs) If not the most important question. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I sound so philosophical. (laughs) But uh, I I think it's also a loaded question. You know, we have a lot of the how much is too much skin to show, you don't want to be too risque, or you don't want to be considered a prude, or... You know, you're too skinny for that. You're too fat for that. We have a lot of body image issues out there that people have that I feel like dictates that for some cosplayers. Um, so I think for me, my first and foremost advice would be if you want to cosplay it, you should cosplay it. Now, around that, there are guidelines I follow for my own personal comfort level But again, like they aren't rules, you know, I I would like to think that maybe if you're aware that it's a con that's got a bunch of kids, maybe during the day, like Dragon Con does have, maybe just save the more risque costume for that night. Not saying don't wear it. I'm just saying, you know, let's just try to be aware of the environment you're in. And that way you don't make other people uncomfortable purposefully because I'm all about making everybody happy. (laughs) But I, I think first and foremost, you really got to decide what characters you love or what fandoms you want you want to approach with. Yeah, because I guess it's not as simple as that looks cool or I could probably pull that off because it seems like and, and you know, not to say that I agree with any of this mentality, but there's a lot of uh, judging that goes on uh, on the con floor. Uh, and elsewhere, uh, certainly once the pictures are posted on the internet oh, ab- yeah. about whether or not you are successful in your uh, costume. And uh, and some of that is, is out and out rude. And I don't think that should determine um, or make anybody decide one way or another because that's just, you know, please don't not do something that you love just because you're afraid to. Right. That's, and that's important. And the opinions of others will never decide your worth in cosplay. Um, but some things that like I approach when I do my personal cosplays is that like, I know that I am a curvier girl, that I am in the plus size cosplay category. And as a comfort level for me, I tend to not show too much skin. Now that's, I don't think showing skin is bad. I just know that like, I'm aware that I jump around a lot and run around a lot at cons and I wouldn't want something slipping off and having a, having an accident and a, a boob slip or something like that. So and, it hap- to- and it happens all the time, it folks. It does. And, and <laughs> I mean, Just never when I'm around. <laughs> but uh, so, I, I mean, I take things like that into consideration when I'm designing a costume. It's also the reason I choose to cosplay a lot of inanimate objects because I can take creative liberty with my designs. And if you're somebody who is like, I love this character, 
but I don't feel like I can I can pull off the bodysuit or uh, they're showing a lot of skin and I'm not comfortable with that. Take some creative freedoms. There are so many cool things out there that are like, I did a steampunk version of this or a burlesque version of this or, <laughs> you know, I cosplayed this modern day or from the past. And, and that's a really great way to incorporate your personal style and choices into the cosplay you're choosing to do. Of course. And it's, you know, it's basically your interpretation of whatever you want to design. Yeah. And okay. it's, and it's basically, you know, it's part of the fun is seeing all the different versions of some of the same costumes. Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I think I saw, I, I mean, I see every Avenger under the sun, but I've seen them done by men. I've seen them done by women. I've seen ball gowns. I've seen speedos. I've seen, I've seen armor. I've seen spandex. It's 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 cool to see the different interpretations. And and I, as a cosplayer, am much more fascinated by a more creative take on something than than the screen accurate the the people who are just so driven by being screen accurate and and i spent a thousand dollars buying the exact fabric that they used on set Uh, i mean that's cool great for you but like me as a cosplayer that's not as vital to me (laughs) it's fun (laughs) and i don't have a spare thousand (laughs) dollars right I mean, and, and it's definitely, I, I, earlier you talked about like the internet and, and the the feedback you can get. And sometimes it can be harsh and negative. And I know definitely speaking as a woman, it's it, it can dictate a little bit on what you do just because I, you know, I don't have the time, effort or energy to deal with those trolls. So sometimes I will just say, you know, I'm, I'm just going to do this this way. Because I know it won't get so much backlash on the internet, which is, it doesn't hurt me. It doesn't, for my opinion, you know, mess with the integrity of my cosplay. It just, it, it builds me a safer, uh, you know, a more fun environment to cosplay in. Well, it all should be fun. That's what everyone's doing it for. And the trolls who are out there, they can do it online most of the time because yeah. it's the, you can't tell who they really are. Yeah, Everybody likes to hide behind a keyboard these days. Absolutely. <laughs> but the re- the reality of the situation is is that in this day and age, you know, the wrong photo, you could become a, a huge viral meme. You yeah. know, that that um all of a sudden you're you're I mean, it does happen to folks where all of a sudden their life is is changed. Now, um and, and there are more cameras at Dragon Con than at most <laughs> <laughs> at, at most press conferences. I mean, this, it's, I mean, if you are in costume at Dragon Con, you are going to uh, end up on the internet. Yeah. And, and that's a big part about cosplay. Don't, if you're going to be at a con, you can't think I'm going to put on a costume, but I'm going to, I don't want anyone to take my picture. <laughs> even if not everyone asks and, and I'm sorry, if you're in a costume, even if you're not in a costume, chances are there's going to be a photo of you somewhere that you did not, take or approve being taken or that you don't look flattering in at all. <laughs> so, so just be aware of that too. You don't yeah. want a photo taken of it. Don't wear it. <laughs> I couldn't help it. It was after the third bucket of rum, you know, it was just like, <laughs> <laughs> 
I just, I just was feeling Randy. I was feeling Randy, and you know, and people just snapped away. Come on, yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> lordy, lordy. <laughs> but yeah, you have to be prepared if you're in costume. Be prepared the whole time you're in your costume. You are going to have pictures taken of you. Even people who ask you, you're going to have people walking up at the same time trying to take your picture and such. Oh yeah. So, so, and not ask you and then just scoot away and even walk sometimes in front of the shot, you know? Yeah. The, the, uh, the other thing about deciding on a costume too, I think is I would definitely recommend, you know, you don't have to be a diehard fan, but I would definitely recommend, uh, some knowledge, having oh, yeah. some knowledge of, you don't have to cosplay as the character the whole weekend, but. If you're representing something, it's it, – and I'm not saying that just because – I mean I know that there's that, that geek snob where it's like, you know, you, you know that you shouldn't be allowed to, to dress like Captain America unless you own every issue or have seen the you movie don't know Empty Times. Captain America's uncle's nephew's dog's nickname? Because, How dare you? <laughs> yeah, because, because I'm sure, especially, especially women, you will be challenged. Um, uh, a few times and it, it's, it's, it's sorry to say, but there are people out there that, uh, revel in, in trying to, uh, to, to try to get, weed out the fake fans. Yeah. And, but, uh, you know, the cool thing about that is on the other end of that, if you are researching things to cosplay, there've been a couple of times that I've come across a character whose design I liked. And then I've gotten to do more research on the character. And then I've started either reading a comic or watching a show or something like that. And in wanting to do their costume has made me a fan. Well, I, and I would, I would think it kind of brings you closer to that character yeah. because while you're, you know, while you're making the costume, the same costume that that character is in, you probably know more things about that, that, uh, that character that sometimes aren't, on the page. Right. It's, it's, it can be a really enlightening experience for sure. So, so how do you decide? Like, um, how do you decide like when you're, uh, I mean, and, and obviously there's what I'd like to do. And then there's the decision. What I can <laughs> what am do. I going to do? <laughs> exactly. And yeah. What can I do? And then, Oh my God, what am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> That's like the perfect three stages of it. Um, for something like Dragon Con, because it's such a big con and it's got so many days and I, first off, try to set aside, I'm only going to have like two or three hard to wear cosplays. These are like the big extravagant ones. Sometimes they have armor. Sometimes it's just a big old skirt. Things that I can't just run around in um, easily. So I, I have to cap that or else I will try to do that all weekend and hate myself all weekend. <laughs> um, from there, it's, it's a little bit of like I keep a running um, Google document of all characters and costumes I'm, I want to do. So when they just kind of dawn on me, I just add them there. And usually, you know, starting around the beginning of the year, I'll go in and I'll like asterisk the ones that I'm like – these would be fun to do for Dragon Con. Maybe I can get these couple done at, for this con that's earlier and these couple done for this con. And and I'll try to make like a vague game plan. But undoubtedly, I mean, I am a woman. I will change my mind, <laughs> which I have already done three times for my Dragon Con list and anticipate doing 
many, many more. <laughs> I'm just going to be sitting here whistling in the corner. Don't mind me. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just like, I want to just build a dartboard of everything I want to cosplay and just throw darts at it and just be like, those are the winners this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's Dad. so much. And, and, and Dragon Con really is, uh, I mean, there's no, no limit. Uh, there's, I mean, you will see anything and everything at Dragon Con. Oh, yeah. From, I mean, I, I can't even, I'm not even going to limit it by like saying, I mean, it's just, it's, it's amazing. You know, you can just stand in one place and you'll see superheroes and movie characters and, you know, stormtroopers and, and British soldiers. And, and I, I like I said, I'm just stunned because you just don't know what's going to come around that corner next. Right, right. Exactly. It's, it's. <laughs> and it, and Dragon there, Con is the con for cosplay. And there is no way to get a picture of every single cosplay there. No. <laughs> I mean, they even have those videos on YouTube that are like 30-minute videos of cosplays at Dragon Con. And, and it, it's not even a fraction of what what is at the actual con. Sorry, you hear the jingling of my dog in the background. <laughs> She's running around. She wants to go to Dragon Con and cosplay too. <laughs> well, that's a possible. Well, I don't think actually. I don't think they do allow pets in those hotels. Not of that one. Yeah, but there are other cons. I'll get her there. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, very cool. Well, I, I, so as far as you're concerned, has the decision been made, or you're still pretty open for uh, this year's costumes? I have a set on what I'd like to do. I think the realities of my budgeting and time will affect that list in the next couple of months, but it should be really rock solid probably around the end of June where it's like, okay, this is it. (laughs) So that is, that is my goal. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, we are definitely eager to hear about those as they progress. I am excited. They're, they're being, Items are being gathered and fabrics are starting to be bought. And I've got another convention in two weeks. And as soon as that one's over, it is Dragon Con prep time. So that is when the hard rolling, the hard sewing starts rolling out. So absolutely, absolutely. Well, thanks again for joining us this month. Uh, it's fun to talk to you once again. Um, for those people out there who want to reach out to you, maybe see you at your next convention, how can they reach you? Um, they can find me on Facebook. I am Bewitched Raven Cosplay. So that's facebook.com slash Bewitched Raven Cosplay, spelled just like it sounds. I'm also on Twitter as Bewitched Raven, Instagram as Bewitched Raven. Um, they can email email me as Bewitched Raven Cosplay at gmail.com. Um, pretty, pretty much if you Google Bewitched Raven, you're, you're going to find me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm so glad we did. So thank you so much once again for joining us this month. Thank you again for having me. And so we draw a close to another episode of the ESO Dragon Con 2015 special report. Big thanks to Kevin, Eternal Zan, Michelle Biddick-Simmons, and Bewitched Raven for joining us. And a big thanks to our regular station crew. Thank you, Darren. You are more than welcome, sir. And I think we've already got your topic for next month, so that's pretty awesome. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> um, and Mike, director. Mike Faber, for which none of this would be possible. Oh, it's always, it's my pleasure, sir. 
We do try to cover all we can with these specials, but to keep up with the latest news, please check out the official DragonCon website, and all the tracks have Facebook groups, and there's even a DragonCon wiki. Uh, so go find out information. We've got a lot of links uh, with the show notes, so that should help you with a lot of the information. And if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us. Uh, there's something we can investigate for you. We'd love to have answers for you. Uh, we can be found on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Stitcher. We want you to be part of the discussion, so please feel free to reach out to us. Uh, please help support the ESO podcast by donating to via PayPal, purchasing some very cool ESO merchandise from our Zazzle store, or filling up your cart at our Amazon e-store, or just going clicking on the Amazon link at the top of the ESO page. That'll it'll take you right there, and uh, anything you purchase, will a little bit will go to us. It won't cost you any more. Come on, Daddy needs another bucket of rum. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and it's been my pleasure. We'll see you at the con.
This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.